from a radio studio on Long Island, New York. Come two diehard fans of the greatest rock and roll band hailing from Hollywood, California. Dissecting all things Guns N' Roses and anything else in their distorted minds, it's Brando and Scotto. And this is Appetite for Distortion. And welcome to the podcast. My name is Miranda, and Appetite for Distortion with me as always is my partner in perfect crime, Scotto, Ian. What's going on, handsome? Hey, what's up, dude? I This is uh, like a packed day, man. I just did uh, Soft Rep Radio with Buck Sexton. It was our special guest. Buck Sexton? Yeah, from The Blaze. Are you, are you thinking it sounds like a name for a porn it's, star? I'm not thinking it is a name for a porn star. That's his real name? Yeah, he's a very well-respected for former for CIA guy. Oh, okay. Now I'm going to be dead after. <laughs> Bill's in for Rush Limbaugh. But, uh, <laughs> interesting dude. But yeah, so I just did that, ran over here, because we're not on Long Island. We're in a secret location today. I think we're going to say, because <laughs> you were you a Ren and Stimpy fan, correct? I, I wouldn't You're say You're a fan. communist. All right, fine. No, I, I uh, you know, uh, Billy, what's it, Billy West? Yeah, when they would have certain episodes when they were broadcasting from a certain location, they would be like in the lower intestine of a whale, of a sperm whale, whatever. So let's just oh, say yeah, that's, that's right. where we are. Yeah. We're in a secret location. Shut up, you idiot. I have control of your TV set. Are you receiving me? Welcome to our secret headquarters. Thousands of miles below the Earth's crust. Shut up, you fool. How do we know we can trust them. So we're going to be broadcasting from secret locations out here now. But we're in the heart of New York City. Yeah. I, I will say that. Um, we're on episode 10. Can you believe it? Episode 10 and our biggest guest to date. Uh, I'm going to say it to him. Uh, you know, arguably the greatest metal drummer, uh, some would say of all time, honestly. I've heard I've heard it argued before. He's in the conversation. Yeah. I, he's, he's incredible. Like, I, I might put Dave Lombardo ahead of him, but uh, number two, maybe. He's, I mean, he's Charlie Benanti from Anthrax, amazing drummer. I, I love Anthrax's stuff, whether it's John Bush era or Joey Belladonna era. Um, just great stuff. And I didn't realize how big of a Guns N' Roses fan he was. And I feel silly that I didn't mention it on the episode where uh, John Miller and I recapped the ACDC, Axel DC show, because at the end of the show, and if you follow us on Twitter or Facebook, I did post pictures of it. I see there's a crowd kind of forming around these people, I guess, in the in the lower, because um, I was on the floor. So I guess it was the lower mezzanine, however you phrase it. And I, I go, oh, that's Scott Ian. I mean, he's very hard to, to miss. He's very identifiable with that beard. Yeah, and which is gray head. now. It's no longer like purple and orange. <laughs> and he used to always dye it. But that's someone that you can't mistake for anybody else. No. And then I, my, my eyes shift to the right. I'm like, oh, there's Charlie, too, from Anthrax. That's awesome. Very cool. I'm like, what? who's that guy in the middle? Daryl, Daryl from The Walking Dead, normal read, Norman Reedus. They were he was all, with them. Yeah, they, they were. were so they cool. went to the uh, ACDC Axel DC show together, and I saw them at the end. I took some crappy pictures because they were too far away, and that's the only time that I knew he was kind of with the Anthrax camp, and I guess a big Axel Rose and, and Guns N' Roses ACDC fan. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, what made me realize it was I'm a huge podcast listener, as I've said before on the show. I've pro- I think I've referenced Jamie Josta's podcast before. Yeah. And I was listening to that, and they got onto the subject of Guns N' Roses. 
and Charlie started talking about just what an original band they are, how the image was original, um, how the sound was so new, and that they weren't like these other bands on the Sunset Strip. And he was like, you know, I, I saw one of the recent, I don't remember, I don't think he specified which, but he saw, he saw one of the recent Guns N' Roses shows. He said it was absolutely amazing. He's like, yes, I would have liked to have seen Izzy there maybe, but he, he, he was like undeniably awesome. And then he said a few weeks later, I went to go see Axel DC at MSG. That was the show that I went to. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, I was absolutely blown away. And he was just like, as a fan, I, you know, I went in there with an open mind and I loved it. So we'll get into that a little bit with him. You know, it, it's interesting and it's very cool when you see people who we look up to or just we know growing up as far as uh, a rock star that in the end of the day, they're really just fans like you and I. We just don't have the musical talent to get to the level that they're at. Uh, but it's also when when it's somebody like that. And there was also an, an interview with uh, Vinnie Paul, of course, from Pantera, uh, saying that this is the best he's ever heard, Axel. And he's he's seen Guns N' Roses dozens of dozens of times in their heyday, you know, with, with Pantera. And the fact that this is the best ever, I mean, that, these guys could easily bash him, which is just uh, uh, fantastic that they, they don't, because at least it's kind of showing me that I don't have a bias, that, like, this guy really is a talent. He's really reinvented himself, and he could be easily, caught, uh, sort. I mean, he doesn't talk as much as, like, a Kanye, but could be hated that level, because for a while... Kind of was. He was kind of a, I don't know, a joke, especially when Chinese democracy didn't come out. But it's all been positive, and now they're they're back touring. It's only been a couple shows, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. And we also, uh, but I also before we we go on and we get Charlie on the phone, I want to talk about last episode a little bit because that was our most listened to episode. Yeah, and, huge. And we complete thanks to uh, Art uh, Tavana 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 Tavana. That's why clearly we're we're good friends. I don't know his last name yet. <laughs> I just call him Artie. That's that's fine. Uh, from LA Weekly, that he was on, and then all these, then he put out the the Izzy story. The article was tremendous. I loved it, and uh, it really got picked up all over the place. And he is a guy who goes in depth. You know, he's a fan, and he gets the full story. You know, a, an article about Izzy Stradlin, I think, for most places, it would just be a bunch of obscure stuff or I blurbs. Mean, but no, his was, his was legit. Yeah, and the fact that I didn't know that members of the band then played with Buck Cherry and stuff like that. There was a lot of stuff that I didn't know until I read the article. So check out that article if you haven't. It's it's tremendous, and uh, I've never seen an article on Izzy Stradlin this in-depth. I mean, the guy, as he said on last episode, went to his house and left a note. Uh, Semi-creepy, not going to lie, Art, but, <laughs> but, but also shows your dedication. There was some back and forth on my GNR forum I know. that I saw about, was it, is he going too far? But I also, def- before I read that comment, I defended Art, but it, sometimes you have to go to a certain length as a journalist. I know there's that level where, uh, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Nightcrawler with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. There's no, going too, if, if you, it's fantastic, it's on Netflix. That is an example of going too far, if you if you have seen it. Uh, but for him, I kind of give him credit because he's he's kind of being a fan. You have a journalist who's a fan. We have Charlie from Anthrax, who's a drummer of a legendary thrash band. Who's a, we're all just fans. That's again, we've said it numerous times in the show. That's what this show is. It's what this podcast is. It's just uh, an outlet for fans. We just happen to be hosting it. But if you missed last episode, uh, please. I mean, if you haven't read the LA Weekly article, that's just kind of a tip of of the iceberg because it's it's it was really cool talking to Art. And we'll definitely have him on the show. Uh, again. Oh yeah, and he's going to be in New York at some point. We'll have him in the studio. 
Um, I, I know you were looking at it before this past week. I got to meet Mike Piazza, who's a diehard Guns N' Roses fan. And I, I didn't really, I got the chance to take a really quick photo, but I, I, you know, it just, it wasn't the right feel to be like, Hey, could you come on appetite for distortion? But I think being that he's a fan of the Will Cow majority, one of the shows I work on, I think it's going to happen someday that like, I'll have a little bit more time to sit down and talk just plan maybe get him on the show because he loves GNR. Just plan to see it. And wasn't that the... Wasn't, like, Piazza, like, part of uh, the reason why Eddie Trunk initially got Axel all those years ago when he was in hiding to be on his show? Wasn't it was some weird... It was, like, between him and Sebastian and Chris Jericho. It was, it was something weird. I'm not sure. I remember the episode... You know what I'm talking about, right? Well, I remember the episode with... Uh... Uh, Sebastian Bach and Chris Jericho. I remember that. Not um, that when metal he walked show. in the studio. Not that metal. No, show. on, on okay. Q one hundred four right. uh, in New York when he walked in the studio. Uh, but I, I believe Mike Piazza is responsible for like leaking one of the tracks off Chinese Democracy. Okay, that's it. That and <laughs> that's and so uh, funny. <laughs> then there's also the legendary story that I might have mentioned, and he talked about it on SiriusXM Volume when he was on with Will Cal about when they went to go see. Um, Eddie Trunk and um, Mike Piazza went to go see Guns N' Roses at MSG. It might have been the show you were at because it was the era where Axel was wearing all these jerseys on stage. Sure. And so apparently he was wearing a Rangers jersey. He was wearing a Yankees jersey. He was wearing a Knicks jersey. He kept changing them. And Eddie says that he saw Mike just getting heated during this. <laughs> like, come on, man. And uh, they went backstage after the show. There was some meet and greet going on. And Eddie kept saying to Mike, Axel never goes to these. You're not going to see him. Axel never is at these. And it turned out Axel did make a rare appearance at one of these. And Mike Piazza was like, what the hell, man? I don't see Derek Jeter coming to this show. <laughs> you couldn't wear a Piazza jersey. <laughs> That's a pretty cool story. That is a good good story. Especially, I want to get... If I were ever to interview Axel Rose, and I think that's kind of the goal here of the show, just to know how much he loves sports and where that came from. Yeah. Because you would think, I mean, he's just not some... You see a lot of these artists now wearing just random T-shirts or jerseys just because that's kind of like in line with fashion. But he's like a legit sports fan, Axl Rose. So yeah. he probably enjoyed that that part of the story. So I would love to reach out to uh, Piazza. And it's so cool that we, we got in touch with Charlie on uh, on Twitter. Twitter I, yeah, is, I, is a great thing. I mean, we just found out that we have a listener now from uh, from Norway, right? Yeah, and Velpen. I think these people seeing the shows overseas now or, you know, Googling Guns N' Roses or going on the podcast and looking – Coming across the podcast. So there's new people Coming across worldwide. the pond cast, no? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll edit that out. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no. um, but, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm just very happy that there's new people listening each week and checking us out. And Charlie, I, w- I wasn't sure he was going to respond. He's a very busy guy. He's Anthrax pretty immediate. Is, yeah, Anthrax is touring. And I think that he's just that big of a Guns N' Roses fan that he jumped at the opportunity because... I'm sure he's, in a way, sick of talking about Anthrax so much. And we'll get into Anthrax. I love Anthrax. But I'm sure, like, this is something cool that he's just a fan of and and could talk about it just from that perspective. I look at it like we're kind of, um, it's like a dual James Lipton, where when the the actors interview with him, interview, uh, it's not always about their upcoming movie it's not some stupid late night talk show where they're talking about some silly story they get into the craft of it why they enjoy it so much so that's kind of what we do here the craft of music the the, the fandom of of the genre so i think that's what's cool and it's just it's awesome that now as we're getting back into this because we were talking about before it was a lull with guns and roses not much going on 
now they're starting the tour again. We're yeah. starting to see them live again. So I, now I'm looking forward to seeing hopefully some changes in the, in the set list. And uh, we just saw, which is fascinating, why he's doing this. And that's Steven Adler playing You Could Be Mine for the first time, at least that we're aware of. I mean, maybe he played in his house before, but he's that's not his song. Yeah. So he, that was on his Instagram, I believe. And that's up on our Twitter now if you want to watch it. So what does that mean, if anything? Now now we were worried about not having questions with this band. Now we do. Why is he playing that song? He doesn't have to play that song. I'd, I'd like to know. I'd like to see more Adler. And uh, I guess with that said, we'll transition to another legendary drummer, Charlie Benanti. All right, so joining us on the podcast is a guy I am a huge fan of. I mean, I've seen Anthrax multiple times. And the thing is, I didn't realize just how big of a Guns N' Roses fan Charlie was until I heard him on Josta's podcast recently. And I was like, we got to get this guy on. So um, it's an honor to have you on, first of all. And uh, just thanks for doing this, man. And thanks for the years of great music, just as an Anthrax and SOD fan and everything else. Wow. Well, thank you. That's cool. <laughs> Um, you so, know, it's so funny. I actually, I just said this before, uh, before we got you on the phone. I saw you at the Axel DC show at uh, MSG. I got, I first I saw uh, Scott. Of course, you can't miss that goatee anywhere. Then my eyes pan right, and I see you. I'm like, oh, Anthrax is here. But that other guy, he doesn't look like he's in the band. And it was Norman Reedus from from The yeah. Walking Dead. Yeah, he was there too with us. And it was, well, he was like sitting in the right in the row before us and of course we, we we know him you know met him a few times and he was just rocking out with us and it was uh it was such a great vibe that whole night um i mean i'm such a huge acdc fan and i've been waiting for this to see this kind of rendition of acdc and no diss to guns and roses but i was a little more excited about this than <laughs> seeing them <laughs> Did, did you ever get to see Brian Johnson before, or any? Cause this oh was, yeah! All right, then yeah. let me ask you because this was my first time seeing ACDC, if you want to call it that, whatever Axel DC, whatever. And I, it was a ten out of ten for me, but I never got to see Brian. So were you one of those that, you know, were you skeptical about this whole process first? Because just from being a fan of both bands and a musician who's involved in this. Uh, community. So what, what were your thoughts coming into it and then thoughts afterwards, that whole thing, all of that? Well, you know, the weird thing is um, one of Brian's last shows before this thing kind of fell apart was in Chicago, and I was there. I went, and it was awesome. I mean, it was just, you know, typical ACDC show. You know, there was no no difference. They played this, you know, this normal set that they would play, and that was it. It was over, and I was like, that was fucking awesome, you know? When I heard about this whole thing that was going down, I was like, wow, this is kind of weird, you know? Um, and then there was rumors about this whole Axel doing the ACDC thing, but you know the internet, how it is. People sure. just put bullshit up there. And then when they said it, then I was like, wow. And immediately in, in my head, I I heard... Axel's voice singing these songs, and I was just like, this is going to be perfect, because <laughs> he's got that type of voice like Bon Scott had, and he could hit those things like Brian Johnson hit, so this is a win-win. And then I started to read all this hate shit, and I'm like, what is wrong with people? Like, just 
why don't you just witness it and then decide? Don't, <laughs> don't just kind of like jump all over it and just hate it. Just let's see what happens. So anyway, um, I was all for it. I was just like, this is going to be awesome because I knew Axel was an ACDC fan. So I knew that he would definitely do it justice. And he did. I mean, I was lucky enough to just get through my radio connections. I was pretty much at that uh, the part that protrudes out where uh, either Angus or Axel would go out into the crowd. And I was right up close seeing this legendary band. And it, it blew me away. I mean, I wasn't sure. I wasn't one of these people going on blabbermouth hating it before it even came out. But I, I want to get your, your history because you've been a Guns N' Roses fan for, for a while. So did they inspire you with anthrax or was that just a separate thing you know if you weren't in anthrax would you want to be the drummer for guns N' roses that could be a nice jumping off point oh that's pretty funny um, <laughs> well um when guns N' roses kind of came out um some friends of mine let's say were involved with guns N' roses and I kind of heard Guns N' Roses before Guns N' Roses was out and um, kind of dug where it was coming from. And you, you, you have to remember at this time, um, Guns N' Roses were kind of like, uh, I want to say a little Hanoi Rocks with a little bit of like Aerosmith and little punk flavor, you know. So I thought it was great, to be honest with you. And I thought this is what was going to be happening. So um, I was all for it. And then, you know, that record came out and it, it did blow up. Right. You know, it, took, it took a while for that record to blow up. And I was just like thinking, wow, this is very strange. This, this is a fucking killer band. This is an awesome record. Why ain't people getting it? And then, boom, it hit. And then that was it. And then it was just like, oh, enough about Guns N' Roses. <laughs> yeah, I think the interesting thing, too, is around that time that you're talking about, they were opening up for Motley Crue, who was a way bigger band. It took a while for Appetite to really gain the traction that it did. And if you listen back to that stuff, I mean, I'm a huge Motley Crue fan. As, as you know, Brando, I have Dr. Feelgood logo tattooed to my back. But, like, you listen to those songs, and to be honest, they sound dated. You listen to Appetite for Destruction, those songs are absolutely timeless, I feel. I I totally agree with you. And um, I remember first time seeing them, because, you know, scheduling-wise, we were, we were in our whole whirlwind of touring, and we were everywhere, too. So I was home in New York, and Guns N' Roses were playing the Ritz. And uh, that show was filmed for MTV, if you remember. Yeah. Sure, 88, I believe. Yeah, it was around that time. And I remember going backstage and talking, you know, and Slash was wearing one of our T-shirts. And I would always see him wearing this T-shirt. It was a white T-shirt. We called it a no-frills shirt. Nice. And I always thought that was really cool that he appreciated this new form of music that was kind of thrash metal. You know what I mean? Like, those guys dug that shit. So... I, immediately, I kind of, wow, that's fucking awesome, you know? And I don't know, man, just, just the whole vibe of that band was just so great, and it was so killer, and the songs were awesome. And, you know, you have a song like, I was always into more of the deep cuts on that record, you know? Um, Out to Get Me and, you know, stuff like, you know, it was just like, I, I don't know why I gravitated more to those type of songs, you know? Because Anthrax started before Guns N' Roses, correct? Correct. 
So how was it? Because bands like you, Thrash, I mean, even still now, even with, um, you know, Metallica, you know, breaking through Thrash, I mean, whatever you think about them now, I mean, I, I like their newer stuff, but at the time they helped break through uh, Thrash. But for you, you saw all what we call hair metal or 80s metal, whatever, become popular. Then a band like Guns N' Roses just kind of skip by. Yeah, transcended it. And, and transcended it. So like, what was going on through your head when, A, you know, you guys are kicking ass uh, and you're seeing all these bands dress up like girls becoming popular. <laughs> I mean, you are still doing it and a lot of these bands are no longer relevant. And then you see a band like Guns N' Roses. It's like, how, how does that process saying, you know, like, good, I'm glad that they, they succeeded at Harder Rock or is it, or I guess, I don't know, take us through your mindset. If you can, if you can remember, uh, in the, like the mid '80s, late '80s, of which well, the, the genre of rock and roll. I think the thing about Guns N' Roses with the world that we were in, meaning that kind of real punky, thrashy type of metal world that we were kind of surrounded in, we accepted Guns N' Roses into that. Um, okay. Because I don't think they were trying to put on some kind of you know, mystique or anything. I think that's who they were. And I think they were very, you know, like us, like that street type of mentality where you kind of look and felt the same as the kid in the audience, you know, that type of thing. Even though they created a look, uh, because after Guns N' Roses, let's face it, then everybody went out and bought fucking cowboy boots and a bandana. <laughs> yep. And... And it was just like, oh, really? We have to now. Here comes another Guns N' Roses band, and then every label signed a Guns N' Roses. So this is the thing that I always hated about that type of thing. When you do that, it really dilutes the thing that it actually came from. Oh, absolutely. So, um, and you know, it, it took a while for Guns N' Roses to to make another record. You know, and. Um, I think there was a bit of a backlash coming, even though that's exactly how it happens. There's always going to be a backlash when something is so big and and just everywhere, there's a bit of a backlash after, you know? Yeah, and you're talking about the album they made after, you know, the double albums, the Usual Illusions albums. I'm wondering, as a drummer, because when we talked about this with Art Devana last week, he was saying that, that he felt like them switching drummers at the time you know, made it made a big difference, and and you know that Matt Sorum didn't necessarily fit in with the band. I'm wondering the first time you heard those albums, how did you match up just as a drummer, Steven Adler to Matt Sorum? Oh man, that's such a fucked up question. <laughs> there's no, there's no way I could come out of this smelling like roses. <laughs> <laughs> you can play the fifth, I guess, if you want. I mean, or is there a certain uh? uh approach you identify with more or is it just it's all gravy it's just whatever you're in the mood for because well, it's, it's it's i guess mm -hmm. i would have to put it into perspective and that's the best way that i could possibly kind of challenge this type of question um and it's nothing against matt sorum of course because matt sorum came into this thing and matt sorum played the best that he could and he, he did the best version of Guns N' Roses in that Matt Sorum type of way that he could. He couldn't be Steven Adler because nobody could be Steven Adler. It's just the same that Steven Adler can't be Matt Sorum. Um, the thing that I missed was that swing that Steven has. Um, the thing that he added to those songs. 
And maybe it's because that's the first way I heard Guns N' Roses, so immediately it's like, well, that's the sound right there. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I would I would have little arguments with people. They would say that this record's better than the other record, and vice versa. And maybe for me, if it was just one record, then maybe I could have digested it a little better back then. But I don't know. There's certain songs like Coma that could have been with Steven. Um, maybe it would have had a different feel, but that's one of the songs that I love off that record, you know? Well, what show were you at? Because I know, obviously, because I, I, I saw you like a, like a creeper at the ACDC show at the Garden, but you were you at a Guns N' Roses reunion show? This is a, I was in San Diego. I was in San Diego. Okay, that, that's that's cool. So, how many times have you seen them prior? Because th- both for for Ian and I, this is. I mean, we've seen the Axel and Roses, the Guns N' Roses <laughs> 2.0. Rose and uh, Roses, Roses, yeah, as uh, Dee Snyder, who I used to work with, has called them. Yeah, a, f- a few times over, but I've never seen Axel and Slash on the same stage. So, I'm assuming you have, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was at the Ritz, so right. So like, well, that was the first time I saw them. But then, of course, I think we played some festivals together in Europe. Okay. Um, I saw um, a bunch of shows on User Illusion with Soundgarden opening up, which was probably, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I went to to see everything because uh, I loved Soundgarden at the time, um, and I loved Guns N' Roses, but. All the things that were coming up, I was like, I don't know, I'm just kind of skeptical. It's a different band now, and it was like all these people are on stage. I'm like, who the hell is that? Is <laughs> they were kind of like the menudo of rock and roll for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess uh, a couple of points were, take us since you know you're in the industry, what take us through where your mind was going when you heard the rumors because before it was officially announced, Nikki Six said this is a worst kept secret. In L.A., everybody knows they're getting back together again because the rest of the world thought this would never happen. You know, Axel was going to die before they ever got back together again. So uh, when did you ever think this was going to happen again? And where does this reunion rank to all the other shows? Like, where are you now mentally with this band? So, you know, I I went into it with kind of an open mind because of um, in this day and age, the only the, I'm not gonna say the only reason, but one of the big reasons that people re, reunite is for money. Sure. And then of course, when, when you see the reports come out, and it's it's like, well, this tour grossed such and such million, and then Izzy comes out and says one thing, and it's like, well, what the fuck? You knew that this was kind of like a, a bit of a money grab too, but I, I think uh, I also think that life is too short. And I think that sometimes it is about repairing relationships. And it is about, let's do this before we get to the point where we can't do it. And fuck, let's make some people happy. We're going to make ourselves happy too, but let's make these other people happy. People who weren't even born when this record came out. I think we live in this time now where nostalgia is fucking big, you know? Member Berries, for anyone who's a South Park fan. Did you have it? It was a lame South Park reference. They were doing a whole thing about Member Berries. I don't know if, if you're a child like me to watch his cartoons. All right, so you do now. All right, good. Hey, member Bionic Man? Oh, I remember. I loved Bionic Man. 
Remember Chewbacca again? Oh, I love to remember Chewbacca. Hi, Hey, remember when there weren't so many Mexicans? Oh, I remember. Wait, what? What the fuck's going on with these member berries? Uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I just want to see, though, from Charlie, because uh, you did ask a question. Just how does, you know, the show that you saw rank next to the classic lineup for you? Because we were just talking about Vinnie Paul said this is the best he's ever seen Axel, which is saying something that he's seen them almost as much as you have. Um, I, I never saw Axel Rose like great. He always gave a hundred percent. So, uh, I would say that with Guns N' Roses, it was Axel. Like he really, it was hard to take your your eyes off of him because it was his his thing. And I thought he was awesome. When I saw him with ACDC, it was Angus's show. And Axel was more subdued and stayed in the back, which was fucking awesome because he respected that. Sure. And he knew this is ACDC. I'm not going to go up there. This is Angus's thing. Let him go. I'm going to stay in the back and enjoy this, which is what I loved about that whole. It was totally, those were two different shows. And to me, it showed that total human side of someone who is a big rock star. You know what I mean? He's like, Fuck this, man. I'm staying by the amps. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> you know, I, actually, do you have, because that's cool, because you said it peels back, he, he, the person, the human side of it, that ACDC is one of Axl Rose's childhood favorite bands, and he got to play with them, essentially. Is there a band that you would love, like, well, I guess Living or Dead, if you want to go the whole thing, the whole, if you want to play the game, is there a band you would love to drum for? That like, would be uh, your ideal band? I'm sure there's got to be a list. I would play with ACDC as well. Okay. I mean, that, that to me is like, yes, I know the drumming in it isn't like the thing that I do, but yet I can do that. You know, just like Axel was more subdued, I could totally do that because to me, I'd be closing my eyes and just fucking enjoying every moment, every single beat that I play, I would enjoy it all. That says something about ACDC's music that... They're not just fans of everybody and of rock and roll, and they cross generations, but just the, the fans who play the music are also as big of fans as we are. So that's that's, that's, you can never, that's you a Mount can Rushmore never, status right you there. You can never label ACDC, because from day one to 2016, it's ACDC. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm wondering from your perspective, and actually I was thinking about when you said about repairing relationships. I mean, you guys kind of did the same with Joey Belladonna. Uh, and, you know, people are loving seeing that classic lineup. So I just wonder from your perspective, do you consider this ACDC? Like, I wonder also if there's people when they saw, you know, that grew up on Anthrax and they saw Anthrax with John Bush and were like, this is an Anthrax. Do you, do you get that feeling with them? This is a different band at all? Um, yeah, a little bit. But um, the fact that one of my favorite ACDC records with Don Scott is Powerage or Powerage, whatever you call it. Um, and they did so many songs off that record that night. Uh, and I know that was Axel's doing. And to me, if they continued and did a record with him, it would sound kind of like a cross between Back in Black and, and Powerage. And that gives me goosebumps. I'm, I'm with you because there have been rumors that, uh, you know, now that Cliff Williams is retiring, what is Angus going to do? And as you know, the internet's the internet, but I'm still hoping. And now that I've seen it live like you have and, and, and been blown away, I would love 
for them to, to play new music. And who knows? Well, actually, maybe, Charlie, you can learn bass since uh, Cliff is retired, and now you can join Anthrax, <laughs> and we get some mega super group going. That, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I'll put my number out there, and if they just call me, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> we got to get you to do uh, another TV show, though. Because when I found out that you were doing the show, I watched, I don't know, it was like the Cosmo, like Cosmos, All the Stars Aligned, the a rerun of your Married with Children episode uh, when Anthrax <laughs> is on it. I'm like, and you haven't aged, dude. You haven't aged a bit. Uh, that, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Although, Scott, if you want to see Scott Ian without a beard, watch watch that. That's like, whoa, he actually did not have a beard once. That's It's, it's funny to think yeah. about. So I got to ask you something else, just as a fan of the band, um, who's been a fan since the very beginning. What was your feeling about the whole Chinese democracy era? Were you following the band at that time, or were you one of the many who kind of tapped out at that point? Um, I wasn't aware of that that era or that, that stuff. I knew there was a record coming out, and um, I, I, you know, I'm sorry to say I didn't pay much attention to it, so I couldn't say I liked it or hated it. So. Um, I don't know. Without Slash and Duff, and uh, it just—it's not Guns N' Roses to me. Do Do you think going back to what I said a little earlier that a lot of fans during the time that you were with uh, John felt like this isn't Anthrax because you guys have really had a revitalization? I mean, I look back on um, "We've Come for You All." I love that album, and the you know the shows that you were playing were significantly smaller than they are are now, and it's like there are young kids coming out to Anthrax shows now, discovering this band, playing you know, much bigger places with bands like Lamb of God. Um, do, do you feel like the band you're in now is, is the true Anthrax? And for a while there, you guys kind of lost your way? Or I'm just wondering your feelings on it. You know, uh, you have to do what you do at the moment and where you're at. So um, when you look at things in hindsight, you say, wow, I probably could have did that, could have chose that. But when you're in the moment, and you have to make a decision, you got to make the best decision that you possibly could at that moment. Um, because we could always reflect and look at something and be like, man, if I had a crystal ball, I would have did it this way. But I will say that the records, the two records that we just made, the Worship Music record and the For All Kings record, is probably the best records that we've made uh, in our career. And it's like it shows that when you have momentum and you're happy, then things really do go well, you know, and that's the best thing you can do is when you get the creativity flowing, man, it's such a good thing to bounce back off of another guy in the band and just create something that you're really proud of again. That's incredible that, you know, whatever incarnation, you guys have been doing it since 1981 and for a thrash band. And to be as prominent and popular as you guys still are, I mean, that speaks volumes. I mean, did you ever think when you started Anthrax that you would no. still be doing it? I mean, like, it, it was probably just a band with your buddies. You never, I can't imagine you would expect to be doing this for a living, especially for over 30 years. That's got to be. Well, I think, I mean, the whole thing about that, that whole concept of putting a band together is why do you put a band together? Because you enjoy making music and you're almost. Uh, trying to copy, you, you know, the bands that you love. And, you know, you see them do it, and that motivates you to, I could fucking do this too, you know? So you put a band together, and you're having fun. 
And then at some point, it turns into a business. And I think that's where things get a little weird is when it becomes a business. And, wow, this thing that was fun has now turned into, wow, we have to top the last one. We have to sell more than we did. And I think that takes a bit of the fun out of it because now it becomes pressure, you know? Mm. Absolutely, dude. Well, I just have to say, man, it's an honor having you on as, as a fan of the band, all eras of the band. And I mean, I've seen Anthrax play the downtown, and I've seen Anthrax play Yankee Stadium. So it's it's <laughs> like I've seen this band through so many different eras, and I just didn't realize how big of a Guns N' Roses fan you were and an ACDC fan. So it just means a lot that you came on. And, and for the listeners, um, you know, especially for the younger listeners, Charlie Benanti was doing blast beats before anyone knew what that was. <laughs> like Stormtroopers of Death are one of the most, you know, innovative bands, I feel, uh, you know, when mixing hardcore and metal. So, you know, check out your history if you don't know these guys, of course. Uh, the website is charliebenanti.com uh, on Twitter at, and am I pronouncing it right, Skisum, S-K-I-S-U-M? Yep, that's it. Good stuff, man. Well, we, we greatly appreciate you coming on. And I, I know Brando has one, one last thing. One last quick, a quick, a quick question, because I, I know you're buds with uh, Norman Reedus, and I want to somehow be a part of that squad. Uh, we're recording this right before the – this. I, I'm assuming you're also a Walking Dead fan, not just a fan of the, the yeah. actor. Yeah. So we're recording this right before the uh, the second episode of the season. So did you see the, the season premiere of Walking Dead? Of course, yes. All right, I just want to know your feelings. Are you are you happy with who died? Was it was it too much? Like just your your takeaway from the first episode. Well, okay, so last week I was on tour, of course. I was in uh, Reno. And I told the bus driver, "Please get signal tonight because <laughs> I, I'm not missing this, you know." Long story short, it didn't tape. I was flipping the fuck out. Couldn't find out how I'm going to watch it because the last thing I want is to miss it. And then somebody blows it up on the internet and ruins it for me, or someone, or someone texts me. Anyway, um, it didn't record, so I'm like freaking out. I play the show, and um, Tom Araya is like, "What's up, dude?" I'm like, "Dude, the fucking show didn't tape. Oh, that sucks." And then their tour manager Mike says, "I taped it. It's on the Slayer bus." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> so he's so he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me." Slayer, we're going to go on. So he's like, let me get them on stage, and then I'll get you on the bus, and you can watch it on there. So that's what happened. So, um, <laughs> so I'm sitting on the Slayer bus watching Walking Dead. and um, That's the most metal thing ever, by the way. <laughs> and uh, I'm enjoying this episode. And, um, yeah, I didn't – I mean, in the comic book, Glenn gets it by, by Negan. But I didn't know Abraham was going to get it first. Mm. You know, I didn't know two people were going to be taken out. Um, and I was like, God, it sucks. But, you know, when Glenn got it, man, I just kind of felt bad inside because I was like, he's been on the show since day one. Yeah. And, um, it was so brutal. <laughs> I know. Is what is, and Ian doesn't watch it. They like, he bashed him over the head with barbed wire wrapped bat. Uh, Negan, that bastard, and Glenn's eye was coming out like he was sloth from the Goonies. I had no idea it was going to be that brutal. But and uh, he left him, and he left him like that for a few moments. I know. Uh, let him suffer and let everybody else watch him and suffer. Like just put him out of his misery. <laughs> but, he didn't, but he didn't do that. And I think that's one thing about that show is like 
just when you think that they can't get any, you know, go any further, they'll pull something out like that that really tugs at you and just be like, fuck, man, that, that sucked, you know? Well, as long as they don't kill your, your boy Norman Reedus, I think we'll, we'll be okay. So hopefully we'll, we'll find out, and he'll, he'll survive at least another week uh, because we'll get yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, I think, <laughs> I, I think Norman's okay on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Too many, they, they would lose the entire female viewership of the show if Norman was killed. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, that's, that's so cool. But, and, again, watching Walking Dead on the Slayer bus, most metal thing ever. <laughs> oh, my God. So, again, Charlie, thank you so much uh, for coming on and talking to us about Guns N' Roses, Anthrax, and The Walking Dead, the, tr- the awesome. trifecta of metal right there. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks, Dan. To our listeners, go buy some Charlie Benanti coffee from his website. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's, you know, when you listen to Guns N' Roses the next time, I have a nice cup of my coffee with you, and it just, it helps, you know, it's better than Night Train. <laughs> <laughs> well said, man. Thank you, buddy. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, guys. So that was awesome. Yeah, no, he he's great. Such an innovative drummer, as I was saying. Uh, I, I mentioned it, but, like, creator of, of the blast beat with Stormtroopers of Death that all these, like, metalcore bands are doing now. And, uh, dude, I saw Joey Belladonna play the downtown. I mentioned the downtown because I've seen Anthrax at the downtown. But I saw Joey Belladonna play the downtown on Long Island to a crowd of, like, a few dozen maybe. And then I think it was like a year later. Isn't it later, now a Croxley's, by the way, or something? I don't know. But I, I think it was like a year later, I saw them play what is now Best Buy Theater. Um, at the time, it was Nokia Theater, I think, in Times Square. You know, and it was Anthrax, once like the WWE World yeah, Arena. <laughs> Anthrax back with Joey Belladonna, like completely sold out. So, I mean, that band just, you know, they, they know Charlie has seen all the lineup changes. So, like, he could kind of relate to what's going on with Guns N' Roses, I think. And and now, like, these two albums, they're bigger than ever. So uh, just an honor to have the guy on, man. And, and that uh, they're, they're still doing it. And, you and know, But not just still doing it. There's a million bands I feel like still touring. There's young kids who, who love Anthrax. Sure. They're one of those bands. I mean, it, it got a little dicey around 9-11 with the name of... You know, anthrax. When we were getting those legit anthrax scares. Do you do you know about the name change thing? What's that? Oh, you don't even know about. This. I may, but just... at that time, they put out a press release saying that they were going to change their name to Basketful of Puppies. <laughs> okay, and then they that. did a show, their first show back after nine eleven, and each member was wearing a white jumpsuit. You could look this up, and they spelled out. Uh, it spelled out. Each was wearing a different word. And it's spelled out. We're not changing our name. Okay. I okay. Then I if I did know that I forgot. So that's pretty cool, though. No, that is uh pretty cool. But I mean, like they're one of those iconic bands. You can say like bands are still doing it now. They're one of those you know who Anthrax is, even though they're really not playing on the radio. I remember playing them on my college radio station, which is usually where like heavy metal lives because you can get away with that, I guess, on the college radio station, but playing I'm the man on the aggressive edge on, uh, on Hofstra radio well, over 10 years ago and then getting to talk to him, uh, you know, just moments ago is just, it's so cool. And I told you, I just watched that married, married uh, with children episode. And now it was the show at the time. And I think we've spoke about this before. Are we going to see some sort of rock band on modern family? Now we're not really going to get, I, I wish, Although I think I, I did see, I wasn't a fan of the show on, uh, of Two and a Half Men, but Slash was on that briefly. You know, I, I wish there are not many iconic people out there. Charlie and Anthrax are, are one of those. So it's just awesome to see that 
you know, he's just a dude like everybody else, and uh, it was just so cool to see him at that uh, at that the, the Axel Rose show, the Axel DC show. Yeah, Axel DC. I was more excited. I was the the, the jerk screaming, uh, Daryl! Like he was gonna turn around, like I'm screaming like a Daryl Strawberry, but you know, obviously. Daryl from The Walking Dead. I don't know. Why don't you watch that? What's wrong with you? I don't watch that much TV. I really don't. I'm, I'm too busy, man. But um, I guess uh, I need more friends. Or something. <laughs> uh, so what do you think is going to happen next? I mean, now they're touring overseas. I wonder if we're going to see more Adler appearances. I definitely don't think we're going to see any Izzy appearances anytime soon. Uh, I just I wonder if there's any like mysterious things to come. Uh, I mean, the, the show footage I'm seeing sounds great. I mean, you got to wonder if Axel is running out of steam a little bit to be doing our tour, followed by Axel DC, followed by this. Like, not a lot of time off for him. I mean, he knew what he was getting into. No? I mean, he he can always take uh, – no, you can't even do that now. The, 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 the night train is going so well, he can't say, hey, guys, I need a couple weeks off. But I got to imagine he knew what he was getting into. That was why I was really worried when he signed up uh, to do ACDC. But the fact that he's he's doing it and he's totally cool with it, I don't know. Um, but we, we brought this up before we spoke to Charlie. And you say, where do things go from now? Why was Steven Adler playing You Could Be Mine? That's a Matt Sorum thing. And we found out through Art uh, Taverna. Last episode. Tavana. Tavana, whatever. I like saying Tavana. Ar- Ar- Artie. I'm calling you sorry, man. RDT. It's not a Jewish last name, so I guess I'm not familiar with it. Uh, that Matt Sorum was offered some dough, and he turned it down. So do you think that they were – why would he play that? I don't know. Unless and, he becomes a full-time drummer. Yeah, and it also that, makes me think, too, there's got to be something to it because, as we've talked about before – He's kind of been on a leash about what he could say on social media, hasn't done a lot of interviews, hasn't really opened his mouth. You know, he's in good standing with the band now. So I don't think he would put that up if uh, the band was like, hey, don't do that. Like, I think they, they might be cool with him having, uh, keeping getting the fans a little excited over something that might be to come. I guess so, because like you said, everyone's tight-lipped. You can't talk about anything. And this was something that's completely out there, and you know he has to give his approval of. You know, it wasn't like he was. It wasn't like that London recording. Um, the John Miller and I, we were we were talking about when we first heard Axel DC, and there he was outside of sort uh, outside of like a record studio listening to what they're doing, and that's you know shady. They're not really supposed to be out there, but with this, this is pretty obvious. So uh, it's there's got to be a reason because there's no complaints right now in the camp. Everything is going well. Yeah. Hey, hey uh, moving on to something else that we posted in this past week. And there's actually been a, a decent amount of stuff that people should check out, of course, on Twitter at the AFD Show, on Facebook at the AFD Show, Appetite for Distortion. Uh, I really loved that Melissa Reese rendition of, you know, National Anthem for the Seahawks. She sounded amazing. And you don't really get a, uh, a true feel for how powerful her voice is at these Guns N' Roses shows. Like, she adds a lot, but I can't really say that I watched her and was like, that is an amazing singer. But when I watched that, I was like, wow, I see why she was brought into the fold. And now, to honor America with our national anthem, Seattle native and current member from Guns and Roses, Melissa Reese. Oh, sick and you see by the dawn's so proudly we hail 
I thought it was kind of funny when they announced from Guns N' Roses, Melissa Reese. And everyone's like, she's in Guns N' Roses? Because obviously we know, but the majority of people had no idea. But they hear Guns N' Roses, ah! and Duff was already there, who's you know been a pretty avid uh, fan of anything Seattle, given he's from there. But I think that that's great, and I want to see her out there more. Because I, I think that just it only helps the band. Just that, you know, it's it's a girl that's in there that's kicking ass. Uh, I think she brings a youth movement to the band. You know, no offense to anybody. I'm sure 50 is the new 20 for most of these guys. But I, I want I would love to see her out there more, doing more things. I, th- I think she could help bring them into the next generation, the next chapter of, of where this band is going. Yeah, with what you were saying when they announced her, there there has also been times that DJ Ashba has done the national anthem. Yeah. And they've been like, please welcome the guitarist from Guns N' Roses. And you could tell probably the people uh, in the like, stadium. Oh, like, Slash? Slash is here? <laughs> DJ Ashba. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I, I don't blame them for wanting to use that as part of their... Oh, no, of course not. But it's just it's just kind of funny because everyone in the crowd's like, oh my God, it's an actual Slash. <gasps> who Who is this? But I think she just gives a certain element, especially with her, her whole look with the blue hair. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so happy with her hire. She's hot. You're uh, talking about her look right now. I'll just throw it I was trying to be professional about it. If you want to be a perv, that's fine. I'm being a perv. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying any uh, <laughs> any Trump quotes <laughs> regarding <laughs> Melissa Reese. She's, she's a very attractive she's young a, lady. How she's is that? a striking young woman. Yeah. Isn't she married to Brain, the drummer? That's what I heard. Let's, yeah, let's find that out. And I said that really creepy, so now we're both in the creep boat together. I have no chance with Melissa Reese. Neither do you. So. No, that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. But um, no, I'm really looking forward to where this band is going. And Art believes that it's going to come back around to the United States. Hundred percent going to see them again. Uh, I'm looking forward to what may happen with ACDC, where that's going to go. I'm hoping for new new music. But the fact that this is still going and living and breathing, and now. I'm trying to do what I learned from I learned from you the first time around, which is not watch every show on Periscope and read all the set lists. Yeah, that's the big thing is I don't I don't look at the set list. That was your thing, and I was like, oh, what's the big deal? It's not like I'm watching who 
for people who are not like you, people that are normal who watch The Walking Dead. I'm not like reading spoilers or before it. I'm like, oh, it's a set list. But that's the only thing that, for lack of a better word, ruined a little bit of my time when I saw Guns N' Roses because I knew everything they were going to play, hoping for something special. I was surprised by nothing. But that's what I want the next time around. I want to be surprised by something. But then again, we have a Guns N' Roses podcast, so we kind of had to have to have our finger on the pulse with some things. Yeah, but I got kind of pissed at you at that time when you just posted the set list. On I didn't know it was a big deal. And I remember as I was scrolling through my newsfeed, it was literally like, ah, I put my hand <laughs> on the screen. And like I already, you know, I saw some of it. So it's like, oh, dude, you got to be like, spoiler alert, click on this. I didn't so think that was a spoiler. I could get, yeah. It's just I do for now. some people. I, I, I do you know, now. I, I do. recently saw Dope, who I love, love the new album. And yeah, I didn't check out the set list. And I was, I was, you know, a little bit surprised by what they played. It was similar to what they put on their newest live album. But I like that element of surprise. No, I'm with you now. And um, I completely agree. So I, I, I'm, I'm in your I didn't get it. Now I, I do. You know what I've heard What's-His-Name do? And I think it's just lazy DJing, in my opinion. I guess shots fired. I mean, I'm no, I don't know the guy. but um, And I've tweeted him when he did it. Uh, you know Luke Carl on Hair Nation? No. He His claim to fame is that he was Lady Gaga's boyfriend. Okay. Uh, and he's a host on Hair Nation, big fan of hair metal. But I remember he played a Kiss song. And he was like, oh, if you're going out to uh, this tour, here's the set list. Black, uh, Cold Gin, uh, you know... Hotter than hell, and he read the whole setlist, and I'm like, dude, what? And it's almost, it's in my opinion, it's a little lazy to just print out the setlist, and that's your mic break. No, that 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 is lazy. Unless there's like a, um, you know, when I've been on the air, a couple songs here or there. Oh, they the first time they've played this in X amount of years. I think that's fine. Uh, but just in general, now as a fan going, I'm with you on that. But and and I guess I, I see it now. It does take away from. The moment, I mean, you know they're going to play "Welcome to the Jungle." You know they're going to, they're going to play the songs, but there are other ones I would have been surprised by uh, that would have added to the allure for me. So I'm with you. I'm totally with you. That's why I thought it was so funny when Charlie was saying that uh, he initially mix, missed the recording for "The Walking Dead," and I watched it live, and I'm so glad that I did because if there's any show, I mean, there aren't many shows that are just so. I mean, I guess you could say Game of Thrones, even though it's on HBO, and that's technically a paid channel. But when you have, when it was, I guess, I don't, could you say Lost? Yeah, I guess. Uh, Lost or The Walking Dead or anything like that. That as soon as I, I went onto a Facebook or anything, it's right there. People are, are don't have, don't, are even are not even aware that it's a spoiler. They're like, oh my God, so-and-so died. I'm like, if I did not watch the show tonight, I would have been so pissed off. It's not even like I went looking for it. It's yeah. like you with the set lists. If I want to be surprised, just stay off social media. So I'm glad he stayed off social media and he got to watch The Walking Dead on the Slayer bus. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm with you. And that's what I'm trying to do. You know, if it pertains to the show, I want to be educated. I might actually but, look at the set list now because it's going to be a while till they do the U.S. I just don't want, you know, I don't want to ruin it before I go, I guess. Yeah. Because if they're doing something new, I'd like to know, you know. I want to know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do want to know, but I wanted to be surprised. It was like a catch twenty two. I guess it didn't matter. Now we're just kind of we're the typical trolls. So we're trying to find something that's that's wrong. But that was my own fault. You were the right. You were in the right, for, and I'll give you the credit <laughs> for that. But no, everything is has been uh, going great uh, with with everything with the band, which is just so weird to say. Now. Yeah, <laughs> and I think Axel is more determined than ever to prove the critics wrong. Uh, as we were talking about the people online that were skeptical of Axel DC, like he just wants to show people he can do this. 
He can do three tours in a row, you know, which is what he's doing. And uh, it goes back to something I mentioned on one of the first episodes when I saw Sebastian Bach last time. Uh, He said all these people talk crap about Axel, you know, on the Internet and on message boards. He's like, but it's really funny, man. I've never seen anyone do it to his face. Oh, of course not. We love you. We love Axel. Let me get an autograph. Let me get a picture. And, you know, I've definitely I think it's just a basic thing of respect. But. I, I do not say anything, at least not anymore. Or a keyboard warrior or whatever yeah, they call I, it. I don't say anything online or tweet anything to anyone that I would not be comfortable saying to their face. I just don't because I think that's, you know, that's you're, you're not being a, real. kind of a wuss move. It is. Yeah. It, I, I can't I can think of a better word. It's a, it's a wuss move. But and I think that's why I want to. Obviously, we knew going in Charlie was going to be a Guns N' Roses fan. But to know his perspective, because back in like the 80s. You know, there it was very weird how metal. That was like when there were less subgenres, sub subgenres, than there are now. And obviously, like the hardcore, the Anthrax, the Metallica's hated all those hair metal guys. They were the opposite. They were the yeah. they were the ugly guys. Not saying Charles a handsome man, <laughs> but I'm I'm just saying like they weren't pretty when they put makeup and all that shit on. So you're wondering how they may have seen Guns and Roses at the beginning because. They looked very glam. At they first. looked glam at the beginning, but they rocked harder. But the fact that he was on board pretty much from the get go, and he has the credibility to say, you know what, it's my opinion, it's is valid. Not that he said that, but I look at his opinion as valid. That uh, he was able to be a fan from Guns N' Roses from the get go, and and saw why they were different and how they were different. And he, even though an already uh, Anthrax was successful at the time, it, it didn't matter. He was. He was cool with it. You never know who's going to go at war. Well, he's and he's right also about that after Guns N' Roses were so successful that the record labels wanted to sign a million bands that sounded like Guns N' Roses. But that's not necessarily actually wouldn't say that's at all specific to them. That's something the music industry has always done. I remember Dee Snider, who I mentioned, you know, dropping names, but who I've worked with many years ago. uh, He said how record labels always say, like, if one is good, a million is better. And we've lived through so many eras of this. I mean, I'm a big fan of Corn. I grew up on them. And there was a time where Corn was huge and Limp Bizkit was huge. And then they signed every band that sounded just like that. Then the pop punk thing happened with Green Day, with New Found Glory. And there were a million bands who sounded just like that. That's how it works. Now there's a million EDM groups that I can't tell the difference between. I can't. And that's just, that's just the way the music industry is. They... They kind of uh, it's a supply their, and demand, whatever the, the hot thing is at the moment. Oh, they put their you know they put their stamp on something until they kill it, and then they move on to the next thing. Uh, with hair metal, with everything, uh, you know. I recently saw my friends in Amur and my friends in um, Siler open for Attila at Starland Ballroom. I was at Siler's first show ever, uh, and now I see them play Starland, and there are literally thousands of kids singing every word to every song. And this metalcore thing that these bands like Attila do, there's like this huge market of young kids who love it. But at some point, it's going to go away, and uh, you know the good bands will survive, and something else is going to come along. And record labels are going to sign a million of it. But if the music stands the test of time, that really means something. And Guns N' Roses, Anthrax, you know Metallica, these are bands that not only are still doing it, they're still doing it on a huge, huge level. It's so great to see Anthrax kind of back where they are. See GNR back where they are, and it's just uh, it's just awesome. We're in a good place. 
My yeah. dear Ian. My dear, why do you say my dear Ian? I don't know. So it's so it's uh it's a little weird. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's why I say. <laughs> um, you have any shows coming up? Mm, no, I think uh, I I'm spent for a bit. You yeah. know, over the summer, GNR, AC, ACDC, obviously George Thurgood, ZZ Top. I saw. I'm trying to think if there's any other bands. I may go see the legendary Cool Keith next month, uh, but that's you know it's hip hop. But I'm I'm all over the place with what I like. I could have seen oh who's the band? Uh, Let me go on Blister and the Violent Femmes, but I didn't I didn't want to see them for whatever reason. Okay, I could have saw them out. No, I got to see uh, what, what's coming up. Dude, if anybody listening, um, I, I know I already plugged them, but I don't care. I love them. Like, if anybody listening is in the areas where Dope is going to be playing on this tour, go see them, man. Like, they are, to me, a true rock and roll band. Uh, you know, and they're from that new metal era, as I was talking about Corn before. But, like, they are just their look, the way they play, it's just, like, dirty all out rock and roll. And on the way here, I was listening to uh, that new album they put out, like just on repeat. It's oh, it's incredible. I love it. So I, I, if you're just a rock fan, you know, and, and actually I should say something. I mentioned that I saw Dope uh, on the last episode and Edsel Dope, the lead singer and, you know, main guy in Dope made a point where he said like, hey, um, streaming is great and Spotify and all that stuff. It's great. But if you like these bands that are on a smaller level, and he even said, he was like, you know, not the Slipknots, not the Lamb of Gods. He was like, bands like us, bands like Head P.E. He was mentioning bands like that play smaller clubs. He was like, there is nothing that's really the replacement for going out and spending that $10 on the album, either digitally or a hard copy of the album. And he said, because th- with with uh, seeing that, the record labels are able to see, okay, they have a market on Long Island. They have a market in Chicago. And they'll be able to play shows there. And I think that's extremely important. Um, I will say that one of my my times, uh, recent days at iHeartRadio in in the city, I did get to overhear the sound check of uh, Foreigner. And it's not the original lead singer. And that was amazing. Dude, it's only the uh, guitarist. And Yeah. but um, I get, Wait, you know who the uh, bass player for, for Foreigner is, right? Who? Jeff Pilsen of... Docking. They get brought up every episode, but that's what he's doing now. <laughs> this is going to be a, a subtle, you know, this is our 10th show. If we reach like, you know, a hundred, a thousand, is it going to be that, that, that joke, the running joke of Docking? <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, they, Farner, yeah, I know it's just uh, the one guy now. Uh, sounded great. So I don't know if that counts as a concert. I got to listen to their sound check at work. Does that count? I think that's cool, man. Uh, we can, if you want, we can go to the Paramount. We can see uh, Scott Stapp. We're, we're two old oh, Creed fans. I've, I've seen Scott Stapp. I'm a huge Creed fan. So. I was. Now it's, I don't know. I think the society made me feel embarrassed. Yeah, dude, fuck that. I know. If uh, if you like the band, who cares? I, I, I'm not into, I, I, I don't believe in guilty pleasures with music, as clearly as you know. Yeah, I, mean, I will no, put Britney Spears on my iPod and the Acacia string. You are so, I, I never heard the band until you mentioned them. Uh, Muir, right? Yeah, yeah. Forgive me. Um, you're. I think you're more into. I mean, obviously we're both into music, but you're more into it. And you posted something by them the other day, and you were like, "This is and extremely this is heavy. like, you know, it's like death metal, 
And the, I, the, I think death core is what the kids call it. But shut the hell up. <laughs> death core? Really? Jesus Christ. Well, death metal is a different sound. It's like more of an angel. <laughs> death core. Death metal. It's, uh, what, there is a difference because death metal is when you hear those, those I, I can't do the vocals, but it's that, and they don't have it. They have a little bit more high-pitched screams. You know? <laughs> You're everything that's wrong with metal. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, whatever it is, it has death something in the name, and, you know, you'll listen to Renee Spears. I mean, for me, you know, I'll have Slayer and I'll have Avril Lavigne, both of my iTunes, so I'm, I'm there as well, but I'm not, you live in all of it all the time. I need to be in a certain mood. Yeah, um, we I didn't mention this on um last show, but I might as well. For a while, you know how I've said I was coming off of a Guns N' Roses hangover? Yeah. There were a couple of months where I, I have a small iPod because I don't like being distracted by other things when I have my music, you know, like, so I don't put it on my phone. I put it on my small little iPod, which has very limited space. And for a while there, for a couple of months maybe, for the first time in years, I had no Guns N' Roses on there. Mm. And... I just, I don't know. Sometimes I go through phases where I listen to different stuff. And after a while, though, I mean, I just listen to those songs over and over and over again. And after a while, I was like, I kind of want to hear You Could Be Mine. I kind of want to hear Chinese Democracy. No, I'm with you. I mean, like lately I've been listening to a lot of B.B. King or uh, I'm just saying like early rock, like uh, like Chuck Berry or Little Richard and things like that. So, I mean, I'm with you, but you seem to really live... Like it's I don't know like I don't see either of those coming from you because you're 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 a very straight laced looking gentleman and just knowing that on one side of Ian's uh, frontal lobe he has death core metal whatever and the rest is a uh, hit me baby one more time like I just and for me at least if you look at me you know I'm a wannabe rocker people can guess like one half of me but for you I wouldn't I wouldn't know you're an enig- you're an enigma am I saying that right enigma yeah. I guess so, man. Uh, Which is good. I yeah. think it's good. Don't jug a book by its cover. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I, I like what I like. I'm a big fan of catchy hooks and catchy riffs. And, like, that's you know, that's the stuff I listen to. So, it, no matter what the genre is. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Yeah. And that's why it's it's cool to talk to fans like Charlie from Anthrax. Like, it's good to talk to you fans who tweet us. I mean, we're, I mean, it's so cool we're getting people that are, following us and finding us wherever so keep if you enjoy our show if you enjoy us for whatever crazy reason keep telling your friends out there tell uh it's spread the word i mean a few weeks ago we have, would not have thought that we would speak into uh art from la weekly i'm going on a first name basis by the way so don't fuck anything else up uh uh or that like, he found us that we got in touch with charlie uh who else could we interview i mean we have a lot of ideas out there so if you have a suggestion uh, or like you know, wish list. Let us know. We're very you know, interactive and accessible. Yeah, we want you know members of the band on, but it's just been kind of tough. But we're doing what we can. Uh, and yeah, follow us at the AFD Show on pretty much everything: Facebook, Twitter, all that, SoundCloud. And I can't stress it enough. And a lot of you guys have not been doing it. Like I know <laughs> you say you like the show and we get all that great feedback, but leave it on iTunes. Leave the review on iTunes. Like we haven't gotten any new reviews lately. I'm very disappointed in all of you. So <laughs> wow, that's uh because I want I want us to get a ranking on there. It it actually means something. But, but to say get a that ranking, more I'm disappointed. That's no, like I love that you, I love that you guys are listening. <laughs> but just to leave a review. It really would mean a lot to us. Uh, 
know. And uh, we're going to continue to kill it and bring on some awesome guests. I know. This Ted... was our biggest yet, I, I think. I mean, Art Devana was a really insightful interview, but I just think the amount of people who know the name Trolley Benanti from Anthrax, uh, like arguably the greatest metal drummer. Uh, I Like I said, Dave Lombardo is number one for me. He's up there. I mean, we're only 10 episodes in. Other things that you might uh, like to see, other features, other topics you want us to, to cover. Well, we have, uh, you know, guests in our um, Rolodex that we are planning as we speak. So um, we will figure it out going forward, and we really appreciate it. So, yeah, uh, review on iTunes. Don't forget we're also on the iHeartRadio app. So anything else to say, my dear Ian? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about it, dude. I, uh, I, I, I gave us a plug on the last Soft Rep Radio. I was like, Brandon, as in Brandon Webb. I'm like, let me shamelessly plug my stuff. So. Good. Good. That's what we got to do. That way, I have a platform of I think like twenty five thousand people each show that you know will potentially listen to us. So you, n- you never know. All cylinders. Every new listener is is one that I cherish with my, with all my heart. Which was the weird. Th- that was the weird thing to say. So anyway, for Ian and I, for Appetite for Distortion, um, as far as the next episode, we never know. We'll just phrase it in the way Axel Rose did to Kurt Loder about Chinese democracy. You'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. You've been listening to the distorted minds of Brando and Scotto, dissecting all things Guns N' Roses on Appetite for Distortion. Follow the guys on Twitter at The AFD Show and on Facebook at facebook.com slash The AFD Show. security, I'm going home.